Welcome, fellow Creepsters, those old and new. Sierra here for another tantalizing episode of Sinister Sightings with Donna and Carrie on a Paranormal Chicks. We're so glad you could join us. Now turn off the lights, light a candle, and grab a seat. Your journey into the unknown starts now. Sinister Sightings 226. And were y'all just as excited and surprised that we have an intro like we were? Sierra did such a good job. And she's a voice actor. That's very apparent because that was professional. Well, if you want to do an intro just like Sierra, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right, guys, jumping right in. From the slightly crazed perspective of my world. Oh, go ahead and use my name. Not too many Lindas out here in New York. Please pardon my grammar. My chihuahua keeps stealing my keyboard. Such a smart 14-year-old man. When this happened, I was dealing with a high fever from the flu and a lovely case of bronchitis. I was approximately 13. I used to live in an old house that was one of the first built in the area. Now it would be over 300 years, maybe closer to 350. My bedroom was at the top of the stairs, five steps and on the stairs. I awoke having to go to the bathroom and was on my side facing the wall. I rolled over and opened my eyes. Holy shit. I almost crapped the bed, coming very slowly towards me from the opposite end of the bed. Thinking about it now, it may have been through the wall. What was it? A little old man, a little old woman, and directly in front of them, a little boy and a little girl. The old man and the boy were dressed in homespun pants and white shirts, buttoned up to the very top. Also, the old man was wearing a black top hat, a little like the one President Lincoln wore. I forget if the boy had a top hat. Both were wearing long, full aprons and bonnets. Wait, I'm wondering what the shirts of the males were closed in. I don't believe buttons. That was scary enough. But these people were all transparent And the adults were almost three feet high and the kids were up to their waist, all perfectly formed. And then what terrified me the most, all were motioning me with their hands to come. Holy shit. No way. I then closed my eyes and opened them back up. They were still there and almost in front of me. I knew if I didn't move, I was going to die. I closed my eyes and ran through them. The stairs seemed very long going down. I reached the bottom and collapsed on the sofa and went to sleep. Never did pee. I found out decades later, I'm 62 now, that directly behind the house was an old German settlement. Were they from there? Or I've never heard of others seeing little ghosts. Oh, and I have to say, thank you for all the laughter and happiness you've given me. You both have a natural way of lifting me up. I do have to say, thank you for making me snort laugh hard and making me run as I come close to peeing my pants from laughter. Never forget, you're both amazing ladies. Love you, Linda and the Chihuahua too. How big is your keyboard? Because I'm just picturing this little Chihuahua with like a really massive keyboard. Or maybe it's like the Apple keyboard and it's like all compact and sleek. Who knows? Also... What I'm picturing are the borrowers when you say that. Like, I don't know why, but that's just what I was envisioning. And I love that book. I think it was a movie too, but I love that book. It was a movie. 
isn't there something else that you did a story on like that little guys the ants yeah maybe it was something like that maybe but clearly you felt something sinister from them and i'm glad that you were able to run through them though because i don't think i would have had the cojones to run through them i'm more of the i'm just going to pull the covers up and hope for the best mm mm-hmm. Okay, the next one. My creepy, impossibly demon-ridden old house. Hey, ladies, my name is Avery, and yes, you can say my name. I have been a longtime listener, and I'm under the category of your teen creepsters. This is my first time sending in, and I thought I'd tell you about my mom's experiences when she was pregnant with me and my brother and the experiences I've had for myself in that house. First off, when my mom was pregnant with either me or my brother, she'd wake up at night to her and my dad's bed being shook. Not just sort of wiggled, but aggressively shook. She'd also hear whispers in her ear when trying to sleep. Cue me having an irrational fear of that and having to sleep with blankets covering my ears like that will do anything to protect me. She's told me about a tiger flashlight that made a roaring sound when it came on that she had incidents with. She said that she would be settling down for bed sometimes, and she'd hear the roar of the flashlight downstairs. She'd get up to go turn it off, but as she'd go downstairs, she would continue to hear it turn on and off repeatedly. She said eventually she just threw the dang thing away. It was supposed to be a toy for my brother. She's confirmed that she was pregnant with me at the time, and my brother was too. Now, for some background on the house before I talk about my experiences, it was built in the 1950s or the 1960s by a man named Danny. At the time, a dirt road leading up to the mountain right behind our house cut through our yard. This road was gone by the time we moved in. I've been told by older neighbors that there was a kid that got hit by either a dirt bike or a car and had passed. Danny, the builder of the house, later died by suicide. A neighbor's great-grandmother owned the house in the 1980s to the 1990s and had died in what we use as the utility room. Our neighbors all seem to have a weird connection to the house in some way. Now, the weirdest history part. I can't remember his name as of now, but when my parents bought the house, an old crazy neighbor owned the front yard. My father spent years trying to buy it from the man. He went to his house many times to negotiate and later told me that the man was a hoarder. The man eventually passed, but a person has been seen in the window of the supposedly abandoned house up until it was demolished. So now time for my experiences. From as far back as I can remember, I've had visions, seen spirits, and have had hallucinations and lots of nightmares. When I was very young, I remember crying at night as a man made of dust stood in the middle of my room, just watching me. I've woken up in the middle of the night countless times, seeing shadows that weren't mine or anything that I could see in my room. My brother and I have both heard our names being called in the middle of the night. You would never feel like you were alone. I had a fear of mirrors because I knew something was there that I couldn't see. There'd be the typical old house at night noises, but then there'd be ones that didn't match up. Things like hearing the creaky step on the stairs screech when everyone was asleep. Things like hearing doors downstairs close and open again and again at night. I had many hallucinations or possibly encounters with spirits. One of my best friend's mothers told me that I had a very dangerous entity attached to me. I would see multiple black figures at night, around the room or in my face, grabbing me. 
I would see things crawling, hearing scratching in the walls, see people around a corner, and feel presence. My whole life in that house, I've suffered from anxiety and extreme paranoia because of these things. We moved out a little under a year ago, and these feelings, visions, and sounds have all stopped. Next time, I'll tell you about my crazy spiritual family and the thing that made me bleed in my grandma's basement. Also, possibly about the hauntings and things I've seen in my grandma's house. From West Virginia, creep it real and get used to the black figure in the corner, Avery. Um, hell no at getting used to the black figure in the corner. <laughs> no, 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 no. You need to invest in some damn, like, Bose headphones or something. <laughs> I'm not trying to have something whisper in my damn ear. Look, do you know how I feel? Don't fuck with my sleep. I got, like, creeped out when you said that you were scared of mirrors because you just knew something was there. And that's how I am. Like, I could just picture how I feel in the scary movies when someone, like, is going to brush their teeth. And I'm like, oh, God, when they pan back up, something's going to be behind them. Mm-hmm. Ugh. But that was, like, your real life. You think it's your real life. You're so weird about mirrors. I am. Howdy, ladies. I recently heard of your podcast during an episode of True Crime Society. As soon as they mentioned true crime mixed with paranormal, I knew y'all were my type of gals. Recently, I described to y'all's Patreon. You could totally use my name, which is Jenna. And yes, I have gotten a lot of 13 going on 30 references. Also, I'm from the great state of Texas. I absolutely love listening to y'all during my workday as a welder who doesn't see a lot of human interaction. It's comforting. Listening to the Sinister Sightings episodes has reminded me a lot of the paranormal things I've experienced in my life. Growing up, I was always and still am sensitive to spirits. It sort of runs in my family and I've gotten used to it. Although I have plenty of experiences with the paranormal and a whole bunch of family stories, I'll give y'all this one. I have a best friend who we'll call Jade for now. We've been besties for years and have been through everything together. During the summer before our senior year started, she found out she was pregnant. I stayed by her side until she brought my beautiful bonus bestie into the world. Before she found out she was pregnant and had to prepare her room for her mini-me, we shared a room at her grandpa's house that had two beds for us. They also had an extra empty guest room, but I always got a weird feeling when walking past there or going in there. Well, one night after the baby had already arrived, I was staying the night with them because we had planned stuff for the next day and we were so excited. It had been about four months after she gave birth, so mama and baby needed a day out of the house. Jade had said I could lay in bed with them, but I have this irrational fear of sleeping next to a baby because I'm scared I'll squish it. Yes, I know it sounds silly, but my dad nearly crushed me when I was a few months old, so it's not impossible. Anywho, back to that night, and I decided to spend the night in the guest room. I was so scared to be in that room alone, so naturally, I kept the door open a little in case I needed to make a run for it. After I got settled in, I went back to my best friend's room to tell her goodnight, and she apologized in advance if the baby woke up during the night. Of course, I didn't mind if she did, because duh, she's a baby, and this is her world. We're just living in it. Back in the guest room, I crawled into bed, and this room was kind of big compared to my room. One side is lined with mirrors, so I, being paranoid, tried to sleep with my back to the mirrors and the door. I laid there for about 20 minutes before I felt myself drifting off. That was until I heard a man whisper really close to my ear, hey. Now, when I tell y'all, my fight or flight senses kicked in and I chose violence. I swung my arm back so hard in hopes of hitting whatever was messing with my beauty sleep. Like Carrie says, don't mess with my sleep. But my arm never made contact with anyone or anything. I sat up in bed and looked around. 
I said out loud, all right, whoever's fucking with me, cut it out. I sat there in silence for another minute, but this time I faced the mirror and the door. That night I had the most vivid dream now that I think about it, but I'm pretty sure I had a sleep paralysis episode. I used to have those pretty often growing up. As I said, I left the door open a little bit so I could see the hallway and the light happened to be on. Well, when I woke up, I wasn't sure what time it was, but I heard the baby crying and could see who I thought was my best friend run past the door towards the direction of the kitchen and go back. So after that, I fell asleep. The next morning, we were getting ready. I asked her if the baby was crying last night, to which my best friend responded with, no, she didn't wake up at all last night. My heart sank to my ass when she said that, because if that wasn't her in the hallway, then who the hell was it? I kept that experience to myself all of these years because, of course, I didn't want to scare my best friend. I recently told her about the experience I had. To this day, that room still creeps me out. I'm currently in the middle of writing another email to y'all about my haunted childhood slash current home, my dad's encounter with the devil dog and possibly the devil. Also about the time my cousin and I heard the mysterious whistling from the field in front of my grandma's house. Sorry, this one was so short. I promise to send in more emails soon. Creep it real and don't get scared. If y'all could see Donna's head turn when I said the whistling of just like literally the internal fear, she was like, whoop. I will never forget that episode of Let's Not Meet with the Whistler. That freaked me the fuck out. Whistling and the mirror. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. We had two mirrors. And that's so funny that I literally just said, don't fuck with my sleep. And they were like, don't mess with my sleep. Yeah. Also, that's cool that you're a welder. I thought that. I'm a wuss. Also, I was like, a four-month-old baby sleeping through the night. Don't they have a sleep regression at four months? Fuck if I remember. <laughs> Like, you remember being four months old and be like, wow, you know what? I think I'm going to stop sleeping so well. <laughs> yeah, tonight's the night. Yeah, I'm going to wake up three times. <laughs> Suckers. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I have an irrational fear of that, too. Tell uh, me why I thought you were about to say I have an irrational <laughs> <laughs> Nope, not that. Um, <laughs> But when I was in 10th grade, I had like family dynamics and you had to bring home the baby that cries and shit. <laughs> oh, they don't shit, just cries. But I was so scared that I would sleep through her crying and get a bad grade because that's who I am. Yes. Uh, that I slept with her on my like chest stomach. Like, so if, if I heard it, I could have like the little key to put in her, but like I was so scared. But also, I didn't want her to be on the side and me roll over and like injure, you know, this equipment and have to be paying for it because we didn't have money. Yeah, people co-sleep, but I could not because this your girl's big. And if I roll over, we're in a bond. And good on the um, the teasers at the end because I want to know all of that shit. Okay, the next one. Demonic home hauntings. Hi, lovely ladies. My name is Zen, she, her. Yes, you can use my name. I'm a longtime listener since 2019, first time submitter. I adore your podcast as it's gotten me through many tough times and y'all currently keep me busy while I drive tractor trailers cross country. Trigger warning, attempted suicide. Also, sorry if the story's all over the place. My brain doesn't function linearly and it's long, but here y'all go. I'd like to preface my story by stating that I've always been sensitive to spirits, and I like to call it my sixth sense. My parents purchased a huge three-story home 
five bedrooms, long, dark hallways, steep steps, and a gloomy basement with a huge yard, originally built in 1895. At first, my brother and I were so excited to live in a home as we'd always lived in an apartment. We were six and ten when we relocated, and like any other kids, we loved playing outside. All was well until one day while digging holes, we found what was presumptively voodoo dolls, some form of animal bones and other oddities in our yard. It then became apparent to our parents through research that there was a home previously built where our now yard was and was torn down because it was condemned. Didn't sit right, but hey, the house was gone, right? Wrong. Following finding these items, I swear my brother and I had awoken some evil shit. It started one late night. I could hear from my bedroom that the TV was on downstairs, and all I heard was static. I crept downstairs to see who it was, and suddenly, whatever spirit it was, saw me and the TV shut off, and my front door slammed instantly. My parents didn't believe me, of course. But it developed into being visited by a tall, dark shadow man standing in the narrow hallway outside my bedroom at night. I could feel it staring at me. As time went on, I'd wake up with it hovering over top of me, and I'd just hide under my covers and pray. Once while playing hide-and-seek in my basement, my cousin and I hid in the dark behind an open bookcase, and we suddenly saw a face through the shelf, thinking it was one of our friends, and then quickly realized it was no one we knew. The evil was both tormenting my brother and I similarly. So many events took place, and after years of being torn down mentally and spiritually, I slipped into depression, felt less like myself, and became someone I never thought I'd become doing anything to not feel the darkness haunting me. I became sick with inexplicable stomach problems. Test after test, doctors stated nothing was wrong with me, but whatever that darkness was, was sucking the literal life from me to the point where my body wasn't digesting food normally anymore. I'd lost so much weight and was genuinely unwell, and I wanted to die even at one point trying to take my own life at 13. I'd hear voices telling me to just do it, free the world of my wasted space, whispers of all kinds of scary shit, and I just couldn't take it. To avoid it, I joined every possible after-school program to avoid being home. Fast forward some years, my mother had another child when I was a teenager. When he was about three years old, we sat in our living room watching TV with my other brother, and suddenly, my brother and I, who had been experiencing these happenings, see a dark shadow creature slip in through the front door, up the ceiling, across our living room wall, and up the stairs to the second floor, where our three-year-old brother goes, Sissy? Bubby? What was that? while pointing to where we had just seen that shadow figure. Needless to say, we had just about lost it. Somehow, our three-year-old brother could also see the shit, and who knows how he was being affected beyond his night terrors. After discussing this event with our mother, she listened and decided to have a spiritual healer to come in and cleanse. Finally, our home was cleansed, demons identified, and chains broken. She lit Palo Santo, prayed over our home, identified that my brother and I were definitely being attacked because we dug up those items as kids. My mother's children all have six sins, and all was magnified because of it. 
My mother's home is now at peace, but there are still plenty of other creepy happenings throughout those 12 years, and I'll submit more sometime soon. Let me know if y'all would like to hear about other creepy experiences before we found peace. I'll also be submitting stories about inexplicable spooky trucking experiences. Thank you both for your amazing podcast. Y'all bring me such great joy, and I'm grateful to be able to listen to y'all as I truck. It helps me feel less alone. Creep it real and don't be scared, Zen. I love all these jobs y'all have. Yes. I don't know how you drive that much because it makes me so tired. Like my brain hurts from having to just pay attention to everything. Yeah, but you get it from your dad. Your dad would fall asleep driving. (laughs) Yeah, he would. Like in all the years that I've known and been friends with Donna, I've literally never seen her dad drive a car. Only once when my mom was in the hospital. Yes. He had to drive me and Kenneth because we didn't have our license. But that was like 25 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. How you like that your mama didn't believe you and your brother, but then your third brother comes along and she's like, wait, something might be happening. Yeah. Hmm. Seems odd. I mean, I'm glad she finally came around to it and y'all had peace. I was gonna say, and y'all got the help that y'all needed. What about these tall, dark figures? Uh Uh-uh. No, thank you. Now, Donna wants a tall, dark, handsome man, but not in the form of a creepy figure. Uh Uh-uh. She wants him to have a good figure. (laughs) You're not wrong. Okay, the next one. Hi again, ladies. I thought I had given you all of my stories, but I just thought of another one. So I was renting this little two-bedroom house about 15 years ago. My boyfriend had his own house, but he pretty much lived at mine. In my bedroom, my bed was centered on the wall with the door. There was maybe like a foot and a half between my bed and the wall on my side. My boyfriend slept on the side by the door. I was asleep when I was awoken by my boyfriend, I thought, snuggling his warm body behind me. I thought in my sleepy head, why are you coming from behind me from the wall side, weirdo? So I opened my eyes to ask him and he was laying in front of me asleep. I screamed and he woke up in defensive mode. I was getting as far away from the wall side of the bed and as close to him as I could. I said, I think someone's in the house. Someone just crawled up behind me and I thought it was you and you're right there. He's a guy that's scared of nothing and he looked under the bed, in the closet, everywhere, even the basement in the attic. There was no one there. We checked the windows and the doors all were locked. After I finally calmed down and felt somewhat safe, he asked me again what happened. I told him someone came up behind me on the wall side, slipped into the bed under the covers, laid right up against me with his arm around my body. And when I realized it wasn't him, I screamed. He said, I don't know what to tell you. Must have been an incubus. I said, a what you what? I'd never heard of an incubus. He told me what it was and I freaked the hell out. And for anyone that doesn't know, it's a male demon that likes to have sex with sleeping women. I would not sleep in that room ever again. We slept in the other bedroom in the twin bed together or in the living room on the love seat and couch. I moved as soon as I could find a new place. That was terrifying. It never happened again, but I will tell you for sure that it's a thing because it felt like a real person was laying behind me. One more short one. My grandma and I were very close. She lived until she was 97 and I was her oldest grandchild. So I was very fortunate to have my sweet grandma for so many years. She died two years ago. I told my friend that lives in me that I miss my grandma, but that I always feel like she's with me. Always. He said, I know that your grandma and grandpa are with you. And I said, how? 
I'd been going through some stuff a while back and my friend said I was sitting on the couch in the living room and he came through and saw them standing by the TV and that grandma came over and sat next to me and touched my arm and just sat there. I asked him what my grandpa did and what he looked like because he's never met grandpa. He said grandpa just stood by the TV and watched us that he was tall that was bald on top. I was like, yep, that's grandpa. I believed him. I asked him why he didn't tell me this before and he said he didn't want to freak me out. I said, so why now? And he said, to confirm my feelings. I think that's pretty cool. I love, love, love your podcast and your personalities. You both cracked me up. Creep it real and don't get scared. Jenny from Kansas City. You know, the Incubus was just trying to have a threesome. What side do you like to sleep on, Carrie? If you're facing the bed, I sleep on the left. Well, I mean, sorry, I know that. Uh, but I mean, if you were had, if you had to be against the wall or on the side closest to the door. Closest to the door. Me too. But it would also depend on who I was with. Because if I was with Colby, it wouldn't matter. We'd still be on our correct sides. It's more about, I don't want to be against the wall. I feel trapped in there. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I cannot imagine waking up thinking that like, what a weirdo. Why did he move over here? But then seeing him in front of you. And you're like, uh. Oh my gosh. I don't blame you for not sleeping back in that room. Though I could not fit with someone on a twin size bed. Just saying. I I swear I was thinking that. I was like, golly, that sounds little. And I'm glad that your friend was able to acknowledge and confirm your feelings about your grandma and your grandpa. Okay, the next one. Hi, ladies. Just a warning. This will be a long one. My name is Maddie. I started listening to the podcast in 2019 while I was in college. The podcast makes me feel like I'm a member of a huge family and I love it. You guys got me through some pretty long nights of studying and the ridiculously long shifts I had while working at a wildlife rehab, like 14 hours some days. I have a lot of stories about working there. Some are paranormal, some are just pure chaos. So let me know if you want to hear them. I also just have a lot of paranormal and weird experiences from my day-to-day life that I can't wait to share with you guys. I don't know why it took me so long to take the time to write them in, but here are just a few to get started. I have always been sensitive to the other side, even as a kid. I remember sitting in my bed and having the strong feeling of being watched from the shadows in the corner of my room up against the ceiling. My ears would have a weird throbbing sensation and my head would feel like it was too heavy to hold up. When my parents had moved into their house, I was about two years old. I obviously don't remember anything about the move, but my mom told me that the woman who they had bought the house from had told them it was haunted. She had even hung up a picture of Jesus in the attic in an attempt to make the weird things happening in the house stop. My mom and dad never took it down, even though they don't really believe in the paranormal. When I asked my mom about it much later in life, she said it made her feel better knowing he was up there watching over the house. However, I guess my room was outside of the painting's protective zone or something because I had spirits flocking to me like moths to a light bulb. I had the same bedroom for over 20 years, so as you can imagine, I've seen and heard some things. On many occasions, I would be in my room working on something and I would hear footsteps running from one side of the house to the other. Y'all, I know I said we had an attic, but there wasn't any flooring up there, just a couple of long wooden beams to balance on over most of the house. If you stepped off, you'd go straight through the ceiling. At first, I tried to play it off as squirrels running around on the roof, 
but we had put a new roof on the house. You couldn't hear any of the workers up there unless they were nailing in the shingles. So it wasn't a squirrel. Then I began to hear knocks on my window. My room had a big window that faced the front yard. Again, I tried to chalk up the noise to bugs hitting the window or frogs chasing said bugs. Although when winter came and it was still happening, I knew I couldn't pretend anymore. We had a spirit or spirits that wanted to make themselves known. After I had accepted that, there was something sharing my space with me. It was like a switch had been flipped. I started seeing things out of the corner of my eye and hearing voices. One night I was studying for a test and it was getting way late for me to be still up if I wanted to be coherent the next day. I didn't have the overhead light on. I just had a lamp and a string of fairy lights on across the room. I checked my phone to see what time it was. I had decided I had about 20 more minutes before I could go to sleep. After I set my phone down and had studied another five to 10 minutes, a blue ball of light suddenly appeared in front of my face. It hovered over my book. I carefully set the book in my lap, not wanting to disturb whoever had come to visit me. It kept hovering around my face and the book in my lap before drifting up and disappearing. I know some people would say I was probably sleep deprived and seeing things, but I can promise you I was wide awake. I think I was being scolded about valuing my grades over my own mental health. The little blue ball of light visited me a couple of times, but I'll tell y'all about the other visits in another email. I have one more story that's the longest and the creepiest. It's up there on my list of worst encounters with an entity. It's tied to meeting the shadow man I had in my first apartment. I have always had very vivid nightmares and dreams. I also sleepwalk and grind my teeth. I'm like, Carrie, don't fuck with my sleep because unfortunately, I fuck with it enough on my own. Anyway, back to the story. I was having a rough night falling asleep, but when I finally did, I had a dream that still makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. In my dream, I was in my room getting everything ready to go to bed. My dogs were in their spots and I had just got my pillows and blankets situated. I leaned over and turned off the lights and laid down when someone started tapping on my window. We had neighbors that had kids my age, so at first I thought it was one of them playing a prank on me, but they kept tapping. The weird thing was my dogs weren't freaking out. The same dogs who barked at a plastic bag floating down the street wasn't barking at the tapping. I decided to figure out what was going on. Looking out a window at night gives me the creep even in my dreams, apparently, because I skipped looking out my window and silently made my way to our front door that had a peephole. I had to pass the living room in my dream where my dad would often stay up late and watch TV. It was like we were in separate realities, though. I couldn't hear the TV or him, and he couldn't see or hear me. My body kept moving without me wanting it to. It brought me to the front door where I looked out the peephole to see if anyone was out there. At the end of the sidewalk leading up to the house was a man. He was turned away from the door. He had on a gray hoodie with the hood covering his face. He turned and walked slowly to the door. The porch light wasn't on for some reason, but the street light illuminated his features just enough. When he got about five feet from the door, he stopped and lifted his head. He was smiling, and his hood had been concealing a pair of solid black eyes. I couldn't breathe or move. He laughed and quietly said, Well, aren't you going to let me in? 
That's when I woke up and I was out of bed and halfway to the front door, drenched in sweat. I believe if I hadn't woken up, I would have let something horrible into our house. It's safe to say that I didn't go back to sleep that night. I have had that dream twice now. I still had to sleep with the nightlight on because of it. Thank you guys so much for reading my stories. I promise to send in more. I have so many. I love the community y'all have created because I don't get to share the things I've experienced with too many people. Much love, Maddie. Okay, there's a lot of like threads going throughout this whole thing. People like you don't fuck with my sleep. People listening in 2019 and lots of haunted houses. But uh, that was like a black-eyed kid in an adult form, okay? That's creepy as fuck because I do not like looking out a window either at night. Well, because they can see you. You can't see them because of the light. That's creepy as shit. And yes, 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 yes. We want to hear all of the experiences, all of your stories. Can something just come to you in your sleep and then you invite it in in your sleep? Yeah, people can do that. That's not fair. Because, I mean, think about like how vampires. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) ma'am. She was so serious and then just like whipped vampires out. Like I wasn't going to be like, insert eye roll. <laughs> well, you know how they can like coax you to do something. Okay. You know? yeah. <laughs> but yes. All right. The next one. Hi, y'all. Please excuse my grammar and such as I'm writing this before a migraine. I will be using my kids nicknames so you can use them. I struggled becoming pregnant with both of my children. Bug, my oldest, gave us the biggest scare when he was still chilling in me. We ended up losing his twin and baby B became our little love. When Bug hit about one and a half years old, he started asking for his brother. He even got mad one Christmas when he got a boy baby doll and not an actual brother. We had been trying for about three and a half years. We had many tests done. Prior to our family trip, we were informed that the likelihood of me carrying to term or getting pregnant alone was 13%. Fast forward, we're on a family trip to Dallas, Texas. Bug is four and a half-ish to see about a job opportunity for my husband. Bug tells me while we're in the stockyard, Mama, my brother's here. We just smiled and said, we wish that too, bud. That got us an eye roll and a just listen to me. So we said, well, we'll see when we get back home. We ended up getting home and forgetting. Two weeks later, my husband jokes, you're not pregnant, are you? The bathroom trips are real. And Bug says, I told you, my brother is on the way. He's finally back. I joke and say, well, I'll pee on a stick and prove to you I'm not. And after so long, we see the two lines we were dying to see. I cry. Dad cries. Their godmom and aunt cries. Bug is just standing there smug. He goes, Mama, want to know more? I look at him and say, tell me, Bubba. And he takes a breath and goes, okay, mom, listen, his name will be, boop. he will be the exact size as I was when I was born. He will need to go in a helicopter to Vanderbilt on the second day. And he will be in a bright blue light for two whole days. And everything Bug has said that will happen comes true, even down to Monk's coming home outfit. Story two. Bug's great-grandparents had a picture of an old-style riverboat hanging in the guest room where we were staying. Bug looks at the boat and says, Mama, this is all wrong, while studying the picture. After he was right about Monk, I go, can you tell Pappy and me what's wrong with it? So his great-grandpa takes the picture off the wall so Bug can look at it better. He then proceeds to tell us everything wrong. I pull up a schematic of one that looks similar and said, well, dang, Bugga, 
you're right. How did you know this? He deadpans and says, well, I died here. Points at a point in the picture. I was captain on the Mississippi. Only difference was my paddles were blue. I look at him and said, Bug, you aren't old enough to be a captain. Seeing where he'll take it and explain more. He looks at Pappy and my husband and myself and said, I was before I knew you were my mommy and daddy and Pappy. I got to choose you and I got to choose you because you seemed nice and wanted a baby. I came back for you guys. I cried. Ugly cried at that. My husband and his great grandparents just stared in disbelief. We all gave him the biggest hug and thanked him for picking us. They're so many stories with him that he predicted not just for our family but for friends and even strangers but seeing as this is my first email and it's already a huge amount of word vomit already i'll email more soon love you guys you make my job so much easier creep it real and don't get scared mom of the weird kid um can bug tell me when i'm gonna meet my mr right i mean i'm joking but i'm serious all of that sounds like the stories we've heard about people who are just like so deadpan about this is where I died. And you're like, yeah. wait, what? Did he grow out of it? Or is he still guessing stuff? Because usually I feel like they grow out of it when they're like four. Yeah. You and this four, four months, four years. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know, numbers. <laughs> well, kids say the weirdest things, right? Okay. The last one. Hello, ladies. Insert your best Mrs. Doubtfire voice here. I wish Carrie would have got it because she's way better at it than me. I recently stumbled upon your podcast about a month ago and have been steadily catching up on all your older episodes. I love listening to y'all while I do all the things and have made it up to episode 60. Anyways, I have many stories that I can share with you both later if you want to hear and read them. They involve everything from ghost stories, including a haunted car, to a Ouija board experience, and local true crime. So before I get to the good good, let me give you a little bit of history. My mom was a single parent until I was about six when she met my stepdad. When I was first born, we lived with her parents in a pretty rural, sorry Donna, area. I had epilepsy and had died on several occasions before I was even a year old. I would swallow my tongue and then stop breathing. My grandmother had told me the stories of her coming in to check on me and me being bluer than her blue jeans and how she was never really quite sure how she was able to get me back and breathing. I really believe this is what opened the door to the events that would continue for the rest of my life. I'm happy to report that I was one of the lucky ones that outgrew my epilepsy and have been seizure-free since the age of seven. However, every house I've lived in has had some kind of ghostly activity, including my current home, and I believe has left me sensitive to sensing things. Okay, so onto the story. My mom and I moved out of my grandparents' home and have been on our own for a few years now. We're in our second apartment, and this is the one I remember most. I'm roughly four years old when we move in. It's a cute little two-bedroom apartment in the downstairs of a converted house that was split into three separate apartments. It was kind of a weird setup since we had to walk up the front steps to our door and then immediately go down another set of stairs into our apartment. We sat on the corner of the street directly across from an old church and across the other street is a college which also had an old-ass cemetery on the grounds that was about a block from us. So we move into this apartment, and shortly after, I start talking about someone named Big John. My mom would come into my bedroom while I was playing, and I'd be having a conversation with someone. 
Mom said it was like someone was asking me questions and I'd answer and then sometimes ask my own. It always gave her chills, but she just chalked it up to me having an imaginary friend. After all, I was about that age. One day, I sort of remember my mom asking me questions about Big John. She had asked me what he looked like, and I told her, he's really tall, taller than Grandpa, and he's big, but not fat, like strong big. He always wears a black cowboy hat and a red and black squared shirt. He has jeans on too, but they look weird. Not like jeans Grandpa or you wear. His have many more buttons. She asked me what we would talk about, and I'd reply everything. He asked me about my day and what I did while I was with Miss Loretta, who was my babysitter. He tells me stories sometimes, too, about his life when he was here. Mom said this gave her the chills because I emphasized the word here. But she still kept telling herself that it was just the overactive imagination of a lonely child. Fast forward a little bit, and one night, Mom wakes up in the middle of the night because she hears me talking to someone. She bolts out of bed and comes rushing into my bedroom. I have one of those little tents that fit over your bed. Mine was strawberry shortcake, just for the record. So she comes around to the side of my bed and opens up the side of it and looks in. All she sees is me sitting up in bed and I'm giggling. Who are you talking to? She's now moved away from my bed and is looking in my closet and behind doors. Big John, mom. I couldn't sleep, so he was telling me stories. Mom stopped dead where she was standing. She realized the voice she had heard was a man's, not just mine. I have an idea. Why don't you come sleep in my room tonight? Sometimes things in the apartment would not be where my mom had set them. And just being the two of us, I was the natural suspect. It was never anything big or important, just little things. It didn't matter how many times I had said that I hadn't done it, that Big John had. She never believed me. This time, it was too much. She was tired and just over it. She yelled at me to stop lying to her that Big John isn't real and that's enough. I started crying and insisting that he did, that he was standing in the corner and I pointed to the corner of our living room behind her and I told her that he was sorry. He didn't mean to make her angry. He just wanted her to know he was here. She wasn't having it. She told me that she didn't want to hear about him again. He wasn't real and she sent me off to my room. I distinctly remember sitting on my bed crying and being angry at him for getting me in trouble. He tried to put his arm around me and I shrugged away from him and turned my back to him. I didn't see him around for a while after that. Okay, we're going to fast forward a bit again to when my mom and stepdad started dating and he was moving in. Big John showed up around this time again. He and I began playing and getting up to our usual activities, but he would only talk to me in my bedroom and we had to whisper. He reminded me that I wasn't supposed to talk about him anymore because it made my mom mad, so it had to be our secret for now. Maybe she'll come around, he said. He was around steadily again, and he promised he wouldn't go away like that again. The time comes when we're moving out of the apartment because mom and stepdad have now bought a house. Our last day there, sitting in my now empty room, my mom finds me sobbing. She asks what's wrong, and I say I can't tell her because she'll get mad at me. After some convincing, I finally tell her that I'm upset because Big John said he can't come to the new house with me, that he has to stay here, and I'm going to miss him. 
I don't remember exactly what she said, but she gave me a few minutes to, quote, say goodbye. I don't remember what happened next, but my mom has told me the following. She closed the car door and turns toward the apartment to see me come walking out. She said it looked like I was holding the hand of someone who was way taller than me. I was practically walking on my tippy toes to hold on to it. She blinked for a second, and when she opened her eyes again, she saw a tall, large man in a button-up flannel shirt with an old-style cowboy hat and boots. She said he was looking down at me and smiling, but had tears on his cheeks. She said she's pretty sure that she stopped breathing for a second and then ran up the steps and grabbed me and hauled ass back to the car. When she looked back, he smiled at her and waved, and then just kind of shrugged his shoulders, kind of like he was saying, we tried to tell you. So that's the story of Big John. I still remember him and can see him just as clearly in my mind now as I did when I was six. Every time I drive by that apartment, I whisper hello and give it a little wave. Ironically, the house we were about to move into after leaving that apartment had some invisible friends waiting for us there too. Only this time, my mom would believe me because she would see and hear them too. But that's a story for another time. I hope you enjoyed my story and let me know if you want to hear some of the others. Can't wait to hear your next episode. Keep on creeping it real, Chris. Okay, so this definitely made me think of Drop Dead Fred, but, you know, he not like so bad because Drop Dead Fred was bad. He was bad. He gave me so much anxiety. Yes, we recently saw that at a watch party again. And I was like, oh my God, I have so much anxiety. But I remember loving it as a kid. When she cut her hair. I know. Oh my gosh. I love that she saw him at the end and it was like, tried to tell you. Meanwhile, all I picture is Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Good thing he was sweet though, because like, I just have a hard time believing that any of these things are sweet because I always feel like they start out sweet to hook you. And then they're like, actually, I'm a bad guy. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, it's like, hey, we have to whisper now and you can't tell your mom about us. Right. You know, and so that's so scary. But, you know, like in this sense, it was just like, hey, we don't want you to get in trouble anymore. Right. So whatevs. But it also feels like grooming. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that it was a good experience for you, though. Yes. And that breaks my heart. Just ha- like you feeling so sad to leave him because that would be me. Oh, my God. That's Donna. If someone works in her drive through and gets a new job. You don't know me at all. Did that happen this Saturday? Yes, it did. But seriously, I do. I, I have attachment issues, but like it just breaks my heart as thinking about this kid and this is her best friend, you know, mm-hmm. and that he like was talking to you and telling you stories because you couldn't sleep. Like it was just so thoughtful. We definitely want to hear all the stories though. The true crime, the paranormal, all of it in between. Y'all all drop some nuggets up in this episode. So y'all keep them coming. Send them in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and don't, don't get scared. scared.